This afternoon I preach to you God's Word as we find it summarized and confessed in the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 5. So let's read together about the summary of God's Word as it is found in Lord's Day 5. That's on page 521 in the back of our Book of Praise. Since according to God's righteous judgment, we deserve temporal and eternal punishment, how can we escape this punishment and be again received into favor? God demands that his justice be satisfied. Therefore, we must make full payment either by ourselves or through another. Can we by ourselves make this payment? Certainly not. On the contrary, we daily increase our debt. Can any mere creature pay for us? No. In the first place, God will not punish another creature for the sin which man has committed. Furthermore, no mere creature can sustain the burden of God's eternal wrath against sin and deliver others from it. What kind of mediator and deliverer must we seek? One who is a true and righteous man, and yet more powerful than all creatures, that is, one who is at the same time true God. Brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, Credit agencies have been warning Canadians for a long time about the danger of consumer debt. As that consumer debt load continues to climb, so also should our concern. Lines of credit, credit cards... Auto loans are indeed at concerning levels. Mortgages also are growing. Food prices are skyrocketing, adding to our financial pressures. Credit agencies have been warning consumers to curb their spending because the record low interest rates would not last. That was the warning. And that has turned out to be true. And these higher rates have pushed more and more consumers beyond their ability to repay their loans. Now we're not sure if such studies and statistics would equally apply to Christians as they would to others. For generally Christians, when they're guided by the Holy Spirit in a new life, Regenerated by the Spirit when acting and living prayerfully, thankfully, and responsibly, they have learned to curb their desires and focus more on the kingdom of Jesus Christ so that they're not as indebted as the average citizen might be. Christians tend to be more responsible and conservative with their money. Still, it doesn't mean that we can just ignore these warnings. We must always be aware of what we can afford and not go and needlessly and recklessly into debt. We don't want to be in a situation 
when it is time to pay up that we can't. Now, we consider these things as a way to set up ourselves to think about the concept of debt. Some of us indeed know only too well what debt is. Some of us feel overwhelmed by it at times. Some even feel that they cannot even get out of debt, pay their way out. And for them especially, debt has become very ugly and it has become a form of slavery. These financial experiences and the concerns that are being expressed as a whole in general will help us to understand better the topic of our Lord's Day. Our catechism this afternoon, pointing to the Word of God, speaks about debt. It's saying and teaching what the Scriptures say, that our sin is leading us into a great spiritual debt. So this afternoon we hear God's word proclaimed under, these, under this theme, concerning our sin, our just God says, pay up. So that's how we summarize the message. Concerning our sin, our just God says, pay up. So if you recognize that we are moving into the second part of the catechism, uh, the part on our deliverance, We've just completed, you have just completed the, the confession concerning our sin and misery and that our sin uh, deserves death, eternal death. Now God says concerning that sin, pay up. So we'll consider three things, the big O, the certain no, and the great only one. So first of all, let's consider the big O, O-W-E, that is, our sin results in a great spiritual owing, a great spiritual debt. Our reading this afternoon from Psalm 130 uh, speaks to that when the psalmist says, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. He's pleading with the Lord. For mercy because of sin. Depths uh, being cast into a pit like, like Joseph was or like Jeremiah was, the prophet. Uh, unable to get out of that pit. That is how the scriptures describe our spiritual debt that is sin. And God, God's justice, we confess demands that in order to get out of that debt, out of those depths, full payment has to be made for our sins. The Bible speaks of this kind of debt also in other ways, in other, with other illustrations. For example, in some of the parables, it speaks about debt as slavery. We can think of the man who sought pardon from his debt to his master. And it was a, a very large debt. And then in mercy, that master forgave that debt. 
But when that same man met a person who owed him some money, and it was a, a lot less than what he had owed his master, then he demanded payment. And, and when the one who owed him that little money begged for mercy, the man was unbending. And that was reported to the master. And as a result, the master imposed his requirement again to pay that debt. And then we read how in debt he was to be imprisoned. And he would not be able to get out of that prison until he paid the last penny. And the implication of that is that he would never get out of that debt. It would be impossible. And that's a truth that is applied also then to the consequences of our sins. We owe God big time. In Montreal, in the province of Quebec, you can visit the Olympic Stadium. This 56,000-seat stadium was constructed for the 1976 Summer Olympics. And it was in that stadium that later the Montreal Expos, the Major League Baseball team, as well as the Montreal Alouettes, the CFL football team, played in that monstrous fortress. Now that stadium was affectionately referred to by people as the Big O. And that was a reference to its name, the Olympic Stadium, uh, the letter O, and even to its donut shape of a permanent component of the stadium's roof. Now, at the same time, the nickname also was used rather cynically to refer to the astronomical cost of the stadium and of the 1976 Olympics as a whole. Did you know that this stadium was originally budgeted to cost $134 million? That's in 1960s and 70s money, by the way. But cost overruns and problems with the construction of the retractable roof and labor strikes meant that the structure's eventual cost became $1.61 billion, more than 10 times the cost. And again, remember, that's 70s and 80s and 90s money. And so what was affectionately called the big O, the letter O, was cynically referred to as the big O, O-W-E, or some even called it the big uh-oh. The debt was not paid off until 2006, a full 36 years after the construction began. And in fact, there has been ongoing costs ever since. So in some ways, the debt is never being paid off. It's a modern-day story that makes us think about the debt of our sin. Also, what we can refer to as the big O. What is the consequence of such an owing to our Father because of sins? What is the consequence of this debt of our sin? The consequence is that we are trapped. We are imprisoned. We are enslaved forever. Because we cannot get out of that debt ourselves. This is why the Catechism rightly asks the question, how can we escape 
the consequence of our sin? How can we escape this punishment, the punishment that we have confessed in Lord's Days 2 to 4? Well, it's a kind of debt we confess that we can only escape from. We can't pay it off. And in case of our sin, in case of our big owing, there is no possibility of escaping in our own strength. Like I said before, it's, it's like Joseph thrown into the pit, or like the prophet Jeremiah lowered into the cistern. We are in that kind of pit, that kind of situation. And there is only one way to get out of that pit, out of that debt, out of that slavery. And it's not by money. Not even $1.61 billion can pay for this debt. No amount of money can pay for this kind of debt. You cannot get forgiveness with money. You can't buy it either. Not from God. Not even from the people you've hurt. Indeed it is as the psalmist says in Psalm 130, O Lord, who could stand? If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, who could stand? The answer is no one. It will take more than any amount of money, it will take more than any amount of years. No amount of money or time will suffice. Not even hundreds of years in purgatory, which is what the Roman Catholic Church was teaching, a non-existent fantasy. There is no purgatory. The only payment for our sin is our life. We owe God our very lives. The sufficient payment that takes away the wrath of God is death. Eternal death. So we come to the second point. The certain no. Brothers and sisters, there are many examples of people in the Bible who thought that they were able to pay their way out of their debt to work their way into heaven, satisfying the justice of God. We can think, for example, of the rich young ruler who sought from the Lord Jesus more direction on what he could do in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. We can look to examples in church history. We mentioned already the Roman Catholic Church. They introduced indulgences into the church in the 16th century. You can buy those, these certificates and knock down many years of, of your service in purgatory, they said. They introduced the concept of works as a means to pay off our debt, our spiritual debt. We think here of the case of Martin Luther who prayed sometimes for six hours in one stretch to make up for his sins. He lived in an unheated room in his monastery, not wanting to give any luxury to the flesh. 
He fasted and went without food for days. He went on a pilgrimage to Rome and climbed the Scala Santa, a stairway with 28 steps, and on each one he planted a kiss and uttered a prayer. All these things Luther did, and more, in order to make himself right with God and get rid of his debt. But never, not once, did Luther have the sense of having achieved that goal. In fact, his experience was the opposite. The more he tried, the more he dwelt on his sins, the more he became aware of his debt before God, the more his doubt persisted, the more he was tormented by the reality of his sin. Seeing clearly that the only answer for his sin was eternal death, that there is no do-it-yourself redemption. That's what we confess in Lord's Day 5. We cannot make that payment. We are sinful to the core. Whatever good we attempt to do is tainted with sin. Man cannot earn or merit the favor of God. You can't buy your way back into God's grace. Rather than making any headway in our debt, each action will only add to that debt. It's a no-win situation. Even our life, which is the only payment, does not suffice. Because death doesn't end. Giving up our life for our sins means we live in that death forever. That's what we read in Romans 8. Remember that the question here is how can we escape death? How can we escape this punishment? We don't want to experience eternal death. What good would that payment be if we don't want to remain in death? No, we want to be with the Lord forever. That's the question. How can we escape death so we can be with the Lord forever despite our sin? Can we make that payment? The Catechism says it. Certainly not. That's not probably not, but certainly not. That's no in uppercase letters. Could have put that on the liturgy sheet. No with uppercase letters. We owe God life, love, faith, hope, trust, obedience. And what do we do daily? We serve up a steady diet of disobedience, forgetfulness, neglect, distrust, and rebelliousness. Even in our faith, even when the Holy Spirit dwells in us, so often we grieve the Spirit of God. What about an animal, the Catechism asks. Sorry again. No other creature can make this payment, says the Scripture. God's justice means that he won't punish another creature for our sin. No creature either is able to bear in its nature the great burden of God's wrath against the sins of all mankind. Well, behind this question that may be obvious to you is the, the possibility of an animal 
as it was in the Old Testament with animal sacrifice. Our psalm that we read together is a psalm of ascents. It's one of those psalms that the, the pilgrims would sing as they made their way to Jerusalem for one of the three main festivals where they would bring those kinds of offerings. Perhaps they were carrying or, or taking along a lamb from their flock for that very purpose. If a creature can't pay for our sins, then what was the role of, of the lamb and, and the bull and the goat and the dove that was sacrificed in the Old Testament? Well, first of all, let's bear in mind that those sacrifices happened again and again, year after year. That should say something about whether it's sufficient or not. No, beloved, the animal sacrifice of the Old Testament was a type of a sacrifice to come. It was pointing to the only sacrifice that counted, the one that was coming, the one that would be the fulfillment of these prophetic sacrifices. The sacrifice of the very Creature that committed sin, that is a son of Adam. The sacrifice of a son of Adam to make payment for our sin. And that brings us to our third point, the great only one. Our catechism is teaching us what the Bible is teaching us. That there is only one way to salvation. There is only one way that payment for our sins can be made. It's not a way that we can go or provide. The only way that this proper payment could be made is, as our catechism shows us, by way of a man who is true and righteous but also one who is true God. In the Bible we read about a kinsman, redeemer. What was that? What did such a person do? It was a person who helped to deliver a relative, a kinsman, from slavery. He paid the master of that slave in full so that the one who was indebted was liberated, was freed, was allowed to escape. Such an activity points also to this only way, the one and only way that God would provide for us to escape our sin. And that way, as you undoubtedly know, is Jesus Christ. It is the grace of God, the truth about God, of salvation. God provides the mediator. He provides the one who will stand in between. He will provide the sacrifice that will take away the sins of the world. It's the only way. Jesus Christ is the only God-man that can save us from the debt of our sin. 
Only he can make the payment necessary to take away the wrath of God. So brothers and sisters, all of this truth brings us to a question or two. And the question is, how do you live? And how do you deal with your sin? Do you try to make up for your sin and pay for your sin or pay your way out of your sin to take away your guilt? Do you become assured of another's forgiveness when you see them make up for their sin or pay for their sins to take away their guilt? In your mind and in your heart, what does another person have to do in order to be reconciled with you? Are you expecting more than what the Bible teaches? Are you expecting more than the one and only way that God has provided for the payment of sin and for the forgiveness of our sins? Are you expecting something more than faith in Jesus Christ? Does the way we deal with sin in ourselves and in others give evidence that we are putting all of our trust in Jesus Christ alone? This afternoon we have heard from our catechism what God's word teaches, that the only acceptable sacrifice to take away our sin is the payment of Jesus Christ on the cross. And it means that the only acceptable sacrifice that God demands of us is a broken and contrite spirit, a, repentful, a repentant, sorrowful heart which turns to God's mercy and grace in time of need. So to conclude, we have seen this afternoon that our sin has led us to an unending eternal debt payable by us only by eternal death. And that will not help us if we want to escape this punishment. Since no one can stand before God and survive, we need a Savior a mediator, someone who is able to make this payment for us in our place so that we come out of it alive. And the Bible teaches that there is such a one. There is only one. It is Jesus Christ, our only mediator. We are called, therefore, this afternoon in this confession to put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone and we will be saved, and our neighbor will be saved. We will escape the great debt, the great O, the eternal slavery of sin. Amen.